Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, welcome, welcome. So is it even October if we don't do a Halloween episode? I don't think so. (laughs) So if your kids are a little bit older, I'm sure you've already figured out Halloween. If your kids are just hitting their stride for our costumes and trick-or-treating, this may be informative. So let's jump in. But first, I have to tell you, my son is going to homecoming. So his friends, even though Pascal is homeschooled, and they do have some homeschool proms and and dances and things, he's never really locked into that group. So his friends go to a local high school, and so they have invited him. So he's going to homecoming, and we just did this like frantic, you know, of course, he tells me what he needs last minute and it's red converse. And it turns out that red converse are very hip right now and his size. And so we had to go to like eight different stores and I was like, Hey, are we doing corsages and boutonnieres? And he of course doesn't know what those are. (laughs) And I just had to do a frantic like text to other moms and everybody's hip to the crush he has. So the boys are going together and the girls are going together. So nobody's like officially on dates, but there's like all these, you know, interests. So I was like, Pascal, what color is her dress? And he's like, mom, I don't need anything. And I was like, yes, you do. Like air on the side of flowers. If not, (laughs) you can leave it in the car if it's awkward. So I just ordered him a cassage last minute. Yeah, it's all very exciting. These are the problems that you have when you get older. (laughs) All right, so let's hit the easy part of Halloween. Let's hit the candy. What do we do about the candy? What do you do with the candy? And again, probably if your kids are over the age of four or five, you've already seen this on Instagram. I'm not probably giving you any earth shattering news, but let's run through your options for candy. There is the good old, let them eat what they want the night of, eat till they get sick and then it's gone or it's metered out very carefully. So that is a doable strategy. That was my personal strategy. How Ever, a friend pointed out that now Halloween is so overblown that there are so many events, right? There's trunk or treat, there's trick or treat, there's usually like a trick or treat on Main Street if you live in a, you know, some sort of town where there's a downtown or a, a Main Street sort of deal. And then there are parties and then the actual event. So the eat till you puke might not be a good strategy in these times of overblown Halloween. That's okay. We have other strategies. (laughs) You can substitute the candy. So there are candy alternatives that don't have all the dyes, that don't have quite as much sugar, and they're made with better chocolate. So a few of those brands are Unreal, U-N-R-E-A-L, Yum Earth, and Alter Eco, E-C-O. So those are three brands that I know of. I'm sure there are more brands, but you can substitute out your kids' candy and say, nope, you can go trick-or-treating, but we're going to you know, sub them out for these candies. If your child is very little and they're only going to say like a couple of neighbors' houses, you could actually like preload the neighbors with the candy you prefer. And that's an acceptable option as well. You can trade your candy in for a toy. So a lot of people do that, like, okay, let's take all your candy. You get to pick something and be done with it. Dentists will often buy it from you. And you can also send candy to the troops, to soldiers overseas. 
There are numerous organizations that do this. So you could just Google that. So that could be an option too, if that's something you wanted to do. There is Switch Witch. So the Switch Witch is similar to Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, probably more like Tooth Fairy because there's a trade happening. So the candy gets taken overnight and Switch Witch leaves a toy. So those are all kind of options to deal with the candy. I think that's, again, the easiest part. How you deal with this really depends on your kids. Some kids, you know, Pascal by nature is a kid who really can moderate. He doesn't eat past full. He wouldn't ever make himself puke. He was easy to sort of meter out. He could have a piece every day and not be, you know, not be strung out. A lot of parents do that and the kids eventually forget. I hear about parents who still have Easter candy in their cupboards So it really depends. I also have clients that I've worked with that their kids have almost like crazy addict behavior around sugar and will, you know, search the house, get up at midnight, search the cupboards. So, you know, different kids are going to have different reactions to sugar, to how it lights up their brains or doesn't. There are kids who can moderate, like Pascal never had a cavity he never really reacted. Like he wouldn't ever get that like super sugar high that some kids get. Some kids get like wound, like zero to 60 and then they crash. So I think it's fair to just like look at the kid you have and plan accordingly. Things like Halloween, we start getting, number one, it's like the gateway, right? Like this is the gateway to all the crap food for the holidays. So it's worth taking that into consideration. Like we're now on a roller coaster till January 1st, pretty much, right? And even then we only get a month and then it's Valentine's Day and we start this all over again. So they're getting candy from all situations. So I do think it's a good idea to, you know, have something in place. I think it's very unfair when we don't have boundaries and it's like one day when you're feeling tired and in a weak moment, you're like, go ahead, hit the bag. And then other days you're like, no, 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 no candy. So I would just kind of pick a strategy and stick with it because I think that's better for the kids to know the rules and accept the rules. I would stay away from like calling candy junk. I like to call it candy and I like to call other things food. So I like to stay away from like the dichotomy of junk and healthy and that kind of thing, or even like, oh, I'm going to get you healthier candy. I don't necessarily like to quantify it like that. I I think just candy is candy, but candy is not food. So let's not get confused there. (laughs) Let's talk about though, like even better strategies for dealing with Halloween candy, et cetera. So one of the big things that I think people forget about is how very exciting the actual anticipation of these events are. So Christmas and Halloween are two of the big ones. There's a lot leading up to it. There's the picking of the costume, the changing of the costume, the asking about the costumes. Everybody's asking about the costumes. Grownups at the grocery store will ask you, oh, what are you going to be for Halloween? Speaking of grocery stores, you walk in and it's Halloween displays. Obviously, people are doing Halloween displays out in their yards, right? So all these things are happening. And so it leads to this really amped up kind of anticipation. The actual night of Halloween is very dramatic, right? You'll see kids have meltdowns. You'll have kids want to change their costume last minute and then cry about it. It's a letdown because it's actually not, I mean, trick-or-treating is fun, but it's like not that fun to live up to the hype, right? So bear that in mind. So there's a lot we can do leading up to the actual event that will help stabilize your child and stabilize you and your sanity, So first off, I do want to mention this because I want to give you some soft permissions today. Of course, that sounds very condescending because you don't need my permission for everything, but sometimes it helps to hear a mom who's been in the trenches say a few things. So you're like, oh, I didn't even think that was an option. 
Halloween is most fun and best suited for that gardening face, that six to 12 year old. It's when the kids get it. It's when they can contribute to their own costume. It's when they're really amped up and it's super duper fun. They want to walk. You barely have to supervise them. Under six, maybe under five, it's really not that holiday for kids. So you can bow out of Halloween or you can do something very, very small. Think about your why. These holidays tend to be so emotional for us. We wax nostalgic about how it was for us in our childhood, but we also like have visions of it. And the visions we have oftentimes in our memory, we're older and we sort of project that onto our real younger kids. Two, three years old, they don't really get it. They get it a little but you could literally have a very small party at home. You could bow out of Halloween altogether. You could dress up and have a family night and have a couple of pieces of chocolate. Like you really could scale back. I get a little frustrated when I see, you know, I've done my fair share of trick-or-treating and you see these two and three-year-olds just absolutely melting down. They can't handle the walking. They want to eat the candy the minute they get there. So it's okay. It's okay to shrink it back. It really has gotten to be such a major holiday when we were kids. And I don't mean to be like, all boomer. Okay, boomer. But when I was a kid, like we had to scramble for our own costumes. They were always homemade, like grabbing whatever we had. And it was like a neighborhood fun thing. It wasn't the big deal it is now. So keep that in mind. It's okay if you want to scale it back a little. But leading up to, and, and this podcast will be released, you know, a week before Halloween, Leading up, there's a couple of things we can do. Number one is make sure you have exhausted your child. Like every single day, be outside, get that really big play in, get those vestibular system, proprioception, interoception, get those things. We really should be focused on those anyway. And I am going to be hitting this concept really hard because parents are getting wildly confused about this, but you want your child exhausted. You really do physically exhausted. They need to be moving their bodies. They need to actually be lifting heavy things. And I don't mean weights, but I mean laundry baskets. You can have little buckets of rocks in your backyard, logs, heavy logs, rocks, so that they're they're really pushing and pulling and using their whole body. Soccer is great. Soccer is not big play. Gymnastics is big play, right? However, it's adult-led. So big play is child-led. The impetus comes from the child and every child has the impetus. I know this. Watch a kid out on the playground. They are going to spin. They are going to roll, right? So proprioception and vestibular, these are your awareness of your body in time and space and the feedback you get. So after the pandemic, we have these insane sensory high-need kids, because they were in lockdown and they didn't get that. So if your child is pushing, if your child is hitting, those are really good indicators that your child needs these bigger play sessions. If your child loves too hard or when they get frustrated, their distress tolerance is so high that they like lash out, that is knowing your body in time and space. It's not just impulse control. It's also like how we interact with other people. I've mentioned this several times. Many, many schools have outlawed tag, 
basic tag because children no longer can tag a kid and run away. They like plow them over. Kids are getting hurt playing tag because our kids don't have that awareness anymore of where they are in time and space and how to control that, how to stop fast, how to go faster, you know, turn on a dime, turn on their feet, pivot, these kinds of things. So big play. Honestly, one of the best things you can do is get a decent sized tire and your child can flip it in the backyard. Anything they can hang from, whether you live in an apartment and it's a doorway jungle gym, maybe you set up a pull-up bar or something that they can hang from, hanging, going upside down, merry-go-rounds, spinning, falling, wrestling, roughhousing, all of these are really big plays. So we want to focus on this the week before Halloween so that we are mitigating that energy. We're like titrating it out, like, who get some out, get some out, because you know when a kid's excited, they're practically vibrating, right? So we want to diminish, not diminish it, titrate's the right word. Like we want to titrate it out so it's not like all jacked up under their skin for the day of, and you watch how many meltdowns. So we tend to attribute all the meltdowns on Halloween due to the, the sugar high, which contributes for sure. But a lot of times it is that like explosion of anticipation. We also want to talk about food. I am on a bend. I won't go too deep into it now, but I am on a bend of nourish. Like I have, that has been my word. You know how sometimes people are now picking words instead of New Year's resolutions, they're picking on a word to focus on. Maybe about a month ago, I just was like, nourish. Nourish came into my head. It came into my body. Part of it is definitely the changing of the seasons here in New England. It's fall, it's crisp, it's cold in the mornings. It's definitely a cozier feeling. I want slow roasted meat. I want warm kitchen. I'm really working on perfecting a long ferment sourdough. So it's really this kind of hunker down energy that is very suited to the word nourish. But I look around and all the clients I'm working with, a lot of people in my community we are sacrificing true nourishment to the gods of convenience. And when I say nourish, I mean soul, connection. I don't mean just physical. I don't mean just food. I don't mean just actual nutrition and nourishment that way, but how we nourish our whole being. Everybody's on the go and everybody's crashing. It's like these, these wicked highs and wicked lows. And I know I've really created a life. I have changed my business model over the years. Like I really do believe we should live to work, not work to live. Is that the right thing? Yeah. Like living life comes first and we've backed ourselves into consumer holes and we've backed ourselves into busy, which is so wild. I read a article about like how many modern conveniences we actually have that are supposed to make our lives easier and we're still busier than ever. And a lot of times parenting issues, a lot of the parenting issues I'm seeing today are because we're too busy, we're too tired, we're too tired to hold a freaking boundary. We're too tired to make the really good delicious food and so we're sacrificing things again for convenience and snacks. God almighty, if I had a magic wand, the very first thing I would do is bring back neighborhood play. And then the second thing I would do is eliminate snacks. And what I mean by that is snack food. If your child is hungry, they can eat whenever they want, but not snack food. Like we've gotten tied into breakfast foods are certain things and snack foods are certain things. And you can't just have like leftovers from last night for dinner for a snack. No, a snack has to be goldfish. It has to be gummy bears. It has to be fruit leathers. 
I was at a kid soccer game and literally every kid came off that field and was like, snack, snack. So we're really training our kids to eat these snacks and we go for the convenience, not messy things. So I'd like to start turning that boat around. I'm only one person. I don't have any illusions that I can can do this, but I really want to bring back like really nourishing foods. And I know in a busy world, it's incredibly hard. And I know my colleague Jen and I had done pandemic toddlers. We ran a live course for three weeks that I had told you guys about, and it was a lot of work. There were a lot of things in my life that were happening, kind of colliding at the same time, including a season with Pascal in which he needs me more now than he needed me when he was three. Just with homeschooling, he needs more help with some sit-down schoolwork. He needs more help because he has his permit, but he can't drive solo. So I am at his beck and call. I am the Uber bitch, which is really, really hard because teenagers make plans five minutes before, or he'll like tell his job that he can work a shift and he lets me know a half hour before. It's really really fucked with me. (laughs) But I have been, I call it the season of no fun for Jamie. Besides getting up at 3.30 in the morning to train hard and, you know, my big Spartan race that I did, there's very little time for me. And it's just a season. I know it. It will end. So I'm dealing with it. But I feel like I'm back in those toddler days where you don't get a breath. You don't get a break. And so I just kind of wanted to offer some solutions, particularly, again, for the week leading up to Halloween for some really sort of nutritious food. So please, 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 I'm not advocating for more work, but I am advocating for some conscious work. I am such a huge, huge proponent of Crock-Pots, Instapots, and Dutch ovens. I love just about any meat, low and slow. So this morning when I got up at, I get up stupid early, I get up at 3.45 and I browned some short ribs and oh my God, I just threw them in my Dutch oven. I put it on 300 for four hours. And then when I was done all my morning tasks and my training, I had this like unbelievable good breakfast. So number one, me personally, I don't eat quote unquote breakfast foods. I just eat I just eat food. (laughs) Um, It doesn't have to be any sort of like eggs or bacon or, and I definitely will not eat bagels or anything like that. Things like chilies, roast beef shanks, kids love these, you know? And sometimes if your kid is really acclimated to sort of maybe a junkier palate, it may take some time, but I definitely would continue to offer really nourishing foods. And again, you can use a crock pot, you can make chilies, roasts, anything like that, that you can just set and go. And when you walk in the door, it's done. My Instapot and my Crock-Pot, I call them my wives because like 1950, I have a hot meal waiting for me when I get home. So depending on your work situation, you know, if you stay at home, low and slow is great because you can't actually leave it. I don't know that I leave it like all day, but you can, you know, go grocery shopping or go to the park or whatever. I definitely leave the house all the time with it low and slow. Because listen, I can air me personally, because you guys know I, I eat for performance, but I don't ever want to be biohacking to the degree that it's all mechanical, but we really do at least want to keep an eye on the macronutrients and we don't need to be pedantic about it. We don't need to be like crazy and measuring or anything like that. But I've said this before with kids, you really have to focus on fat and protein because carbohydrates are going to fill in. You don't have to worry about carbohydrates in childhood at all. They'll fill in the blanks. No problem. It's sort of the fat and protein that we have to pay attention to because those are the things that can go by the wayside. 
But listen, if your kid goes out, and again, this helps temper, I'm interviewing a blood sugar specialist, and I'm actually going to do a whole episode on how and why I eat the way I do. But fat and protein will keep blood sugars super stable. So again, it will help titrate all that anticipation, all that excitement around Halloween, around the holiday. And this is true for Thanksgiving. This is true for Christmas. This is true for Hanukkah. This is true for all the, you know, this season, this season of many parties and mucho junk. (laughs) And so if your child has a belly full of really good fat and protein, they are going to be less likely to overeat the candy. They are not going to want it. If you eat candy on an empty stomach, what happens to you, an adult who, you know, you're bigger, your body's more acclimated to all the different foods, right? If you eat candy on an empty stomach, number one, the very first thing that happens with sugar is it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. So the very first thing you do is feel calm. You're like, oh, yeah. And then the sugar rush starts to hit, right? And for some people, it's not that apparent. For me, it is now like my heart gets racy. I am not dogmatic about sugar in the sense of like, oh, I'm not eating sugar. It just gives me wicked anxiety. And it gives me the kind of anxiety that I wake up in the middle of the night with my heart racing. I'm not even anxious about anything. And I'm not playing with that. That's not when I can just avoid it. <laughs> if with your little ones, if you go out with a full belly, they're just going to do better. The sugar is going to be slowed down in the bloodstream. It's not going to hit the bloodstream as rapidly. And they will eat less and they will recover more the next day. Every teacher will tell you they can't stand the day after Halloween because it's just like hung over kids and it really affects everything. So that's definitely something you want to do. And the week after Halloween, I think it's really great to pay attention to those kinds of things because again, for recovery, the excitement hangover, I am super sensitive (laughs) to event hangovers. Like I I get so excited and I have a good time, but then I'm like, oh my God, the the socializing, the being on, it's super fun, but then I have to recover for a long time. So keep that in mind as well. And when we go to a slower food, I guess maybe even like the slow food movement, right? Like when we go to slower, well-prepared foods, something happens and there's a better connection to our lives and to our kids. And one of the things, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I've been sharing some meals and I've also been sharing, I had a a local guy make a reclaimed wood table. My house is so tiny, like I couldn't find the dimensions. So I had him make it and it's just gorgeous. Such that I went out and bought like a few handmade pottery plates because I want my dining experience to be so lovely. And I love this table. I was away last weekend and I I was doing in-home potty training. I was out of state and I came back and on my way home, one of my friends baked me an apple cake and she does long fermenting. So it's not only that this wasn't junk cake, it was actually nourishing. It wasn't like just no crap. It was super amazing. And she left it in my car at the airport and it was warm. So my car, I get into my car and there's like fresh apple cake. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. And I drive it home and I get home and Pascal is so happy to see me. And we sit and I said, dude, Ashley made me apple cake. And he was like, oh my God. So he clears the table. He lights a candle. We have autumnal candles, you know, pumpkin sage candles and he lights candles. And we sit down and we have apple cake with ice cream. And he starts just talking and telling me some stuff that's happening with his friends. And 
And we just like, I didn't even unpack. I didn't even look at the state of the house with a teenage boy having been home alone for four days. And we just reconnected. And it was this like incredible deep connection over the cake. And it really made me think about how we view sugar. We traditionally have had sugar, right? But it was like apple pie after Sunday dinner. It wasn't every day. It wasn't in everything. And so we had this like, I wish I could put it into words. This just like incredibly deep connection over this cake. It was such a special memory. And then I was like, I don't want cake any old time. I want it to be special like this. So I just thought I'd throw that in there because it it was food is so many things to all of us that we have to be almost more judicious about it because there's so much, so much crap available to us on a daily basis. All right. While we're talking about food, let's talk about, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I tend to call things crap, like adult to adult, right? And even now with Pascal, because he's older, but you don't want to start demonizing food or also putting other food on a pedestal. And the number one thing I hear all the time is you have to eat your healthy food first. You have to eat your healthy food first, and then you can have X, Y, and Z. I would stop saying that. You're almost putting healthy food in a category that your kid is going to be like, eh, no, I don't want to eat the healthy food. So don't quantify it like that. You know, you can simply say like, we don't have candy today or we have candy after dinner. You can absolutely say, you know, after dinner, but try not to say healthy, junk, you're eating crap. Like, I just wouldn't say that for kids, you know, under the age of 12, because then it just becomes that like golden egg that they can't wait to have. And their eyes light up and and they get sneaky about it. And then they don't want the healthy food. So just sort of eliminate all of that. Okay. And the last thing we want to talk about, I think with Halloween is scary things. So a while back, I had done an episode about roller coasters and like how we can push our kids out of their comfort zone with things that we really shouldn't push them out of their comfort zone. And I'm all about do hard things. We can do hard things, but we can do hard things. Doesn't mean you have to go into the haunted house, right? I do not like anything scary. I am angry on Netflix, Hulu, whatever I'm watching. And after like nine o'clock, they start showing horror movie ads and I lose it. I get so mad because like it just assaults me and I can't stand it. I don't like seeing scary images at all. So I can't imagine being three. (laughs) So really be cautious if your child, and I'm sure you know enough about your kid now, but if your child is reticent, don't push them. If they don't want to go to the front door because there's a skeleton hand that reaches out of the candy bowl, don't go. If they don't want to go into the yard that's all lit up with a ghost waving in the wind, don't go. Like You don't have to do these things. So really take your child's lead. Even if they're six, seven, eight, nine, and you think they should be old enough to handle it, honor your child. And this isn't the time. This isn't doing a hard thing. This is pushing a child out of a comfort zone because you have an impression that they should be able to handle it or that you may have loved it when you were a kid. They may not love it. So just be really cautious of that. I do see a lot of finagling out in the streets, right? Like, no, you're brave. You can do that. That's not brave. Brave is when your child can't climb up a ladder by themselves and then they discover how to do it. Brave comes in so many other forms, like going into a scary situation because you think your parents expect it of you. That's not cool. So don't do that. (laughs) 
All right. Other than that, if you have fun on Halloween and you love it, go for it. If you don't love it, one of the great things that came out of the pandemic, especially I think it was that first Halloween in 2020, and so many people kept it tiny. So many people kept it at home and the kids loved it. The kids didn't need the big experience. So remember, the blow up of Halloween is not kid led, it's adult led. It's those of us that are now parents making it a big deal. So just remember that. That's all. Again, soft permissions. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. All right, you guys, as always, I appreciate you and I hope you have an awesome day. Rock on. Okay. Bye everyone. Just a reminder, if you need additional resources, I have Oh Crap Potty Training. I have Oh Crap, I Have a Toddler. Those books are available everywhere you want to find a book. (laughs) You can also go to my website, jamieglowacki.com, where you can book private sessions with me, buy any of my courses. Those are really geared towards potty training help. And also I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook anymore and I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, jamie.glowacki, and I do a lot of lives and uh, usually posting a lot of good information. So those are extra resources for you. And as always, rock on. Have an awesome day.